The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Miller Lite, and Hulu. And from PNC Studios here at Hallisaw, a great Thursday night to all of you. Thanks for listening. We're doing our first live show of the regular season here at Hallisaw in our PNC Studios. Bears fans are here in attendance. Tom's been entertaining him. He's been like the warm-up, warm-up guy for the show. You've done a nice job. Well, Jokes and everything. Yeah, right. a little... Yeah, no, I think you're Johnny Carson. I really no, do. No, yeah, no, no. There's only Johnny one Johnny Carson. How do you do, everybody? Not bad? <laughs> All right. We got uh, Bears fans here and FedEx folks here, so we're going to be awaiting the arrival of Big Bad Akeem Hicks. He'll be joining the program. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Paul Zeranger, engineer Adam Stadzinski, our producer at our SCORE studios, and good to have you. And while we await uh, Akeem, let's talk news of the day. News of the day. Uh, practice today, still uh, no Khalil Mack, no Allen Robinson. We still do not see any um, definitive information on Kyle Long and what his injury to his right foot is actually going to entail in terms of time away. And then a new addition to the injury report, no practice today for the rookie defensive lineman Bilal Nichols. Just your overall thoughts on all that as we get ready for the Bills. You know, first near and dear to my heart is the Kyle Long injury because I saw the effort he put in throughout the offseason and throughout training camp to be ready to go out there and play once the regular season got here. And I keep, I keep saying it's a different way if you're playing at an all-pro level or a Pro Bowl level. And Kyle was playing at an all-pro level. I mean, he added that he added that strength to the inside. He meant a lot to the guys inside the locker room and all of his teammates. So it's really unfortunate when you see a, a guy like that get injured. But if you play long enough, so one of those injuries are going to haunt you, whether it's peewee high school or professional football. And when you say one of those injuries, um, what are you referring to? Well, you know, as a, as a guy that's really invested himself in the organization and the organization has invested in him, he's he's gone through a lot through the un- other injuries he's faced to come out here and play at his the power and the level he has the ability to play at. Because if, if you don't dedicate yourself 100% to the offseason, you're never going to play during the regular season. And that's one thing that I really admired about Kyle is is what the way he, you know, took over and he, and – was able to come back and function as a, one of the most powerful offensive linemen after going through the injuries. Well, he did. in fact, is you know because you've played it at, at a, in a way that none of us can even understand. You put yourself out there every day, and you played through a lot of pain. You still experience a lot of pain after the fact. You never complain about it, but his injuries were severe. Right, they were severe. They were very difficult to overcome, and not everybody would have. Not everybody can, and not everybody would be willing to go back out there and do it all over again. But, you know, that's the thing that why his teammates respect him so much because they, you know, when they're going to get their ankles taped before practice, he's the guy that, that's going through rehab for four, five, six hours a day, every day throughout the entirety of the pre-surgery to get prepared to have surgery and then the post-surgery effort that you have to put into it. And so these guys aren't, they're not um, numb to what he 
and um, committed to being ready. Yeah, and that was a roll-up injury, right? We like yeah. to say, you know, it gets the trash. You're trying to work through the trash, and sometimes, you know, it's friendly fire. Yeah, running back runs into you, or a teammate runs into you. That's happened many times. I'm trying to remember specifics to, and he just got named uh, offensive line coach in Dallas, and that's Mark Colombo. Mark Colombo. And yeah. he get, you know, hit from behind. John Allred. Remember John Allred, the tight end. You always say it was most man hours lost to injuries, the tight end right. position, and we've seen what's happened to Zach Miller here. And over the years, those roll-up injuries well, you know are what it is? dangerous ones. Yeah, Dick Stanfeld, our offensive line coach, he always used to have a saying, keep your head up and your feet moving. When you're playing in sports and you have a chance of being in a pile, if you stop your feet, that's when you have a greater chance of being fell on and, and that, can be injur- that can hurt you, injure you. And so that's why you got to keep your feet churning. you got to keep your head up. And I know it, it sounds a little bit more, but you really do. We, we were in practice one time when William Perry was playing fullback and we are going through short yardage goal line period, and Stephon Humphreys got stalemated at the line in practice, and Fridge went into him and fell on him and did the same thing that the Kyle was Did suffering. you have anything close to that? No, uh, I mean, I, personally? I, I tore my plantar fasciate, but that was during a play. So not like having an injury that, you know, tons of weight fell on you with that type of impact. All right, well, the good news is they do have depth. They do have depth they believe in on the interior of the line, so... James uh, Daniels getting his first NFL start last week at left guard. I'm assuming he will stay there. Cody Whitehair at center. And then Eric Cush, Brian Weitzman uh, are the two options at right guard. Uh, also, you still have Bradley Soule on this roster who can play multiple positions. He's a good swing veteran that you can put anywhere. And he's certainly been a, a factor in that extra attacker on the offensive line. The thing about Whitzman, he has experience in the system, so he knows it very well. 13 starts last season for Kansas City, and Eric Cush obviously knows it very well as well. He was limited today still with the next stinger working through that, but he should be available. Well, best-case scenario would be that Eric Cush would be able to go into the right guard lineup and stay there for the rest of the year in terms of, in, until Whitesman really gets up to speed. It would be difficult if he went into Buffalo under the, that hostile environment the changes that they're trying to interrupt your blocking schemes with up front by the movement of their bodies. You want to make sure that you have guys that have repetitiously done it before throughout this system, but you may not have that luxury. So I, I think no matter what, Harry, he said the offensive line coach will have these guys prepared. Well, and he does a great job. Yep. I mean, I mess around. Uh, the demeanor of all these guys, too, is what you want as interior offensive linemen. These guys are not finesse players, but you know, any of them. The thing <laughs> about injuries is, um, you know, I was a guy that sat there and not waiting for someone to get injured, but I knew when my chance or my number was called, you had to be ready. And so you have these guys that they got to be sitting on their edge of the seat to exactly waiting for what happened to Kyle. It happens, unfortunately. they got to be ready to go. And it's not something that you got to be, you know, kind of encouraged to go in or be excited about your opportunity. This is what you play for and prepare for your whole life. And you know guys that have been sitting, uh, you know, sitting waiting for their opportunities for quite a period of time, and then when their, their opportunity is presented – We've seen guys that aren't ready, but we see guys that the reason they're in the NFL is for that opportunity. All right. Well, sitting in the big chair and joining us here, I don't know how long we got before we take a break, but Akeem Hicks, everybody, give him a nice round of applause. Thank you for joining us. The fans are here. Akeem, how you doing? Nice and late. Nice and late. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'll leave that up to Tom to discuss Tom is very particular about timing. Well, I was just trying to explain that. You know, once the, the game concludes and the week begins, you're handing an itinerary for the week, and you kind of have every 
increment of time spelled out for you so you kind of know what's going on. <laughs> hey, I saw a video of you from September when you had your longer hair. When did you cut your hair? Shoot, I want to say it was like week three or four. How come? It was time for a change, man. I, yeah. just, I felt like I was looking too rough. My mom didn't like it, so she wants the beard gone too, but we'll see. Right. A well, lot of, a know, lot I've of... seen him. You've seen pictures with him without it, and I would not recognize. Well, you would because you're you're a big dude. So you know what are you gonna do? You know you're gonna you know that's a keem walking at you. But you would, I swear to you, and I've seen pictures without any facial hair. You, you, you got a baby face going on. Without, you're young, you look like a young man. Without a beard, I look like I'm 12 years old. Honestly, just not, is that why you have it? Yeah, 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 it definitely is. But I did get one thing. My dad gave me a butt chin. So if I shave this off, it's right there. You could wipe it. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, well, Akeem, we're going to take a break. We'll get reset, and we'll dig in and talk about the 2018 Chicago Bears and how things are going for you with our studio audience here. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over one million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with you until 7 o'clock tonight. Joined by defensive lineman Akeem Hicks. Off to another great start this season with the 4-3 and three Bears headed to Buffalo on Sunday. And there have been a lot of uh, different statistical organizations that come up with all sorts of formulas to describe offenses and defenses in the league. Right now, it's just not the NFL stats that are put out, but... There's a lot of love right now for the Chicago Bears defense, as you've seen on Twitter, and we've retweeted some of these things. Uh, well, well deserved. I mean, this defense is playing some really good football. I think so too, man. Deservingly so. I think that um, we're getting some national recognition um, based on just the the play and the intensity that I think our defense is playing with. I think that we got 11 guys that are just hungry, and at any time somebody can make a play, and it's it's a fantastic situation to be in as a defensive lineman because they're locking up coverage back there, and you get a chance to rush. Khalil gets a chance to rush. It's it's a uh, it's awesome. But you know, when you look at a team's preparation to block the Chicago Bears, you, they start the protection against you, and then they kind of move it up and down the line of scrimmage. So as the season deteriorates, or the season winds on and you get more depth into the offensive line. Is there ever a chance for Akeem Hicks to rush against the weak link or move around and see if you see something on film that maybe this guy doesn't have the experience that give you better opportunity? Um, it, it would be nice. And you know what? I see it across the league all the time. I right. see guys going for the weak link. Um, you know, on the offensive line, they'll find the guard and they'll say, hey, man, he looks soft and he looks like we can take advantage of him, so they'll put their best rusher on him. And um, I, I, that's not really – that hasn't really been our mantra here since, uh, since I've been here. It's really take your matchup and kick his butt, and no matter who it is. And, um, you know, I, I take pride in that. I take pride in being able to, to line up against whoever's out there and saying I'm going to be the better man today. You know, me thinking about that is because one of the first time I did a radio show with you back at Olivet Nazarene, I said you have comparisons to Reggie White. And this past week on third and one, you used a move that Reggie White is famous for. You dominated the guy. You made a tackle for a loss. And it's something that gets played in replay videos throughout the rest of your career and all over the league. Is it something you thought about, or was it just instinct that you used it? I felt, and we had we had really good keys um, this past week um, against the Jets, and um, you know something that I, I give a lot of credit to Jay Rogers on this, my position coach, just because he's 
I've never had a coach that is as prepared as he is coming into a game. And he gives me so many tips as far as, you know, what I can expect on certain blocks. And I knew for sure that that tackle was coming down to hit me. And I just gave him what he wanted when he came in there. And, <laughs> gave him uh, a little key. I gave him a little bit of me. So are you talking about the, the hump? <laughs> right. Well, he has a move that Reggie, yeah. I, well, Reggie White started. There's a couple of other, other guys that use it too. It's called a hump move. It's where if, if I'm an offensive lineman and I'm getting my momentum going this way, Akeem picks me up with his arm, continues my momentum going, and I can't recover. But Reggie White did it. There was another guy that New Orleans Saints jumpy jump, jumpy gathers was unbelievable at it. So, but you gotta you have to have a unique style and strength. And it, you know it's funny that when I talked about you and Reggie years ago, and then I saw you use that move, it was really I was going wow. There, that's a you know just a sign of what he's able to do, what Reggie was able to do. You know you make me blush every time you say that. Right? <laughs> I just love – for people that don't know, Reggie White is the best defensive lineman to ever played this right. game. And any time you get compared to somebody as great as he is, I just uh, – I melt a little bit for time here. But Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's funny because I was watching these two guys uh, sign autographs during the commercial break uh, right there. And uh, Tom, who was super strong as a player and a big guy, and now he's uh, reduced into my size, uh, comparatively speaking – to Akeem, not, he, he's, not he's, he, he, he's like two of you right, right now. And so I'm thinking, how would Tom block this guy? Or how would Akeem rush against Tom at, at guard? It, it would, would be an interesting, it, vicious collision. It would be a battle because I know just from talking to him several times, I, I just know he has a mentality that wants to attack people, and I would just be hesitant to just go in there and throw anything on well, the he'd table. He'd be cutting you first. <laughs> no, <he's> going, <laughs> you would be cutting him. It's different. The snap count that the way we use the snap count back in that generation is different than the way they use the snap count now. So for me, I would get my hands to Akeem to try to stop any momentum that he had before he'd get off the ball, because if he got momentum, it's over. The thing, if I would try to jump the snap count and get to you. You see what I told you? He's already thought about it. He's already thought about how he would beat me. Look, I got to watch take, out for guys like that. It didn't take long. But, you know, you study, though. You study tape, and you, you know what you're looking for, too. You'd be finding uh, whatever. I'm not suggesting you had any, any inequalities in his game or any holes in his game that you would try and poke. If, I'm saying that again one more time. Yeah, if you're studying his tape. If I'm studying his yeah. tape, I'm throwing power at Tom because I've tried to beat aggressiveness with aggressiveness. You know what I mean? Because I like to feel like I am the stronger person out there, and so which it may not be true, right? But I like to feel well, that way. He's giving you a lot of credit on this show. We talk about you a, a, a lot, and you know when we're talking with offensive linemen and they've been on the show or whatever, you can tell, like you brought up, you could tell when Akeem Hicks is ready to let it loose. It, Tom goes, it's like, uh, uh, here comes the <laughs> well, truck, right? That, that's what, you know, in my evaluation of watching opponents throughout the season, then you kind of read, and okay, where is their interruption in the starters of offensive linemen? And, and having played against Reggie White, and you knew if he lined up, not, if he lined up on you the first third and long, it was kind of an uh-oh moment, and you better do something or else he's going to be there all day, and then he'll move up and down the line of scrimmage. So it would be interesting if, Akeem had that right to evaluate, find, and then attack. Well, Vic's mo moving you guys around a little bit, right? Yeah, definitely. In, in, in some of our packages, and I'm not going to you know, divulge any you know, information that we need to keep secret, but I would say that Vic is one of my favorite defensive coordinators ever. Not, I'm not just saying that because I get to play in his scheme, but I watched him back when he was in San Francisco and just how he had those guys just coming off the ball, hitting blocks, and just making plays. And I was so excited when I came here to be able to try to be the next Justin Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah, the crazy thing, uh, you mentioned Coach Rogers, too, and Coach Rogers was a college quarterback. 
He's teaching defensive line play to me, and he's outstanding at it. We, we both uh, have thrown him many uh, accolades for what he's done with this, with this unit. He does so with an intensity that you can only appreciate being in the room, but I can see it. Uh, I, to me, that's one of the most unique aspects of this particular coach is that he was a quarterback. I had never seen it, and when I first learned that, I, I was like, I, I don't know how I, how this is going to work out. <laughs> but man, when you see his intensity on the field, when you see his intensity every day in practice, like he has a saying, he says, "Bring the juice," and he brings that dang juice every day. And you know, some days you're like, "Oh man, can we have like a diet drink today?" But <laughs> he wants the juice, and he likes to go after. It. And then uh, he's a really good coach. You know, it's different coaching you with the skill that you that you met him with. It's different when he coaches Blal Nichols or Roy Robertson Harris because you can see growth. In and their fundamentals and the techniques that they use to have successful plays. And I, I think it's more interesting when you see these a young guy from Delaware, Roy Robb, who hasn't really had to, you know, been able to stay at one position for a long time to watch those guys develop because that's what's going to make the Bears better. You, you, you are what you are. These guys, they got a lot of development to do. Yeah, man, and it's awesome to see. It's awesome to see them come along. One of my favorites to watch right now, as you mentioned, is Bilal Nichols. Just he's so receptive and, and wants to learn the game and wants to be a great defensive lineman. And when you have a, a, a guy like that, you just want to give him everything. Like, I give him information that he doesn't even want. You know what I mean? Just I, I'm there for everything that he needs because he seeks it out, you know? That's so. good. Well, you know, he's, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he, he said that uh, during the preseason, season you made him sit down next to you on the team plane and go watch tape after games I don't know how many guys do that I mean that's a heck of a gesture on your part uh so why do you do it because I like to um I guess I'll say this my the way I was treated as a rookie is the way I wanted to treat my rookies you know when I got to that point and um as a rookie I felt like there were people in my organization that wanted to see me succeed and they wanted the best for me and they would push me to that point and I want to return the favor to Bilal and make sure that he gets everything that he can and learns from the thousands of snaps that I have you know so. it's it's rare thinking because we've had guys that come through here and I remember stories players telling hey you know what I'm not going to do what other players did to me and not be willing to help me because they didn't want to lose their job. I'm, I'm certain, Tom, you were that way. Like, you're not going to – I mean, I know you're a team guy, but you know what? I need to start. I need to play. I need to keep my job. Was that not true? Uh, you know, hey, you, you always want to be a starter. And even if they – you know, there's times throughout your career where they draft a guy that's they want you, the, him to come and take your job. And It sometimes... is the political season, isn't it? Tom there with the political <laughs> no, answer. I don't ever want to give up my job. Of course Exactly. Not. All right, we're going to take a step away here. Hakeem Hicks with Tom Thayer and Jeff Joniak. Thanks for joining us here on Bears All Access here from PNC Studios at Hallis Hall on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer here at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall with some folks from FedEx, customers of FedEx here live, our first studio show. Couldn't have picked a better guest, Akeem Hicks, to join us because, uh, you know, no matter what, you're the engine that actually starts that defense, in my opinion. You could say Danny Trevathan is also one of the heartbeats of that defense, and he is. He gets you guys all lined up, but the emotion, the physicality, of the actual the, just the energy of that defense, I, I believe it starts with you. Is that, is, that, is that a title you're okay with? I'm very okay with it. I, I, I like to be, uh, I like to be the, the aggressor. I like to be the one in there causing havoc. And uh, I think that um, when you do that, I think that it gives your defense a boost, right? We, we get that momentum and we're, 
we're telling the offense that you're not going to come in here and run. You're not going to come in here and pass. You're not going to do the things that you want to do, and we're going to take that away from you. And I think that starts with the defense having great energy. Can I follow up that one question then? If we take a temperature of the Bears on defense on any given Sunday, and if your temperature isn't exactly where, it's, or where you want it to be, would we be able to say, okay, the defense is just not humming today? Maybe Akeem needs to you know, do this, that, or the other thing. Or there's a way that these guys are – you know, getting you out of the out of the defense and making plays by the way they scheme against you. Have you seen teams do that to you yet? Oh, that I, I definitely feel like, and it's a sign of respect, right? When you when you get schemes to that tailor you out of the out of the game plan. You know what I mean? And um, I think that with the camaraderie that we've established and the culture that we've established, we got ten other guys out there that'll tear your head off if they get a chance. So we're okay with it. Okay, I got to backtrack one more time this season. You had a wow moment when you got ejected, and. It was to us in the stands, to you, and there was a big fine that went along with it. What did you teach yourself? What did you learn from that? And what do you going forward? How do you prevent that? Uh, I, first, I start. You, but you don't have a history of that, okay? Right, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'll start with. Um, I'm not a guy that gets a lot of flags. I'm not a guy that's ever been ejected out of a game. Right. I've been playing since I was 14. Um, you know, there's no pointing fingers. It was an unfortunate situation on the field. There were emotions flying. Me and the guard had, had gotten to a little tussle. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> one of the referees hopped in between, and he got, you know, we got some aggression out of that pile of people, and um, I, I caught the bullet, so I had to go home. Um, it was a very disheartening feeling, and it was very humbling. Um, you know, I, I take I take pride in being, you know, super emotional and passionate about this sport, right? And um, you just got to make sure that you keep it in check. So when when an official does jump in there, he doesn't get a taste of what you're trying to give to the guard. You know, it's weird because salaries and those types of things are printed in the newspaper and people get to read it. You know, for an old guy, you know, that's um, one-fourth of my salary my first year. And so, it's, <laughs> but, it, but it's more, it, it, but it's not that. It's just more of, I guess, we see the emotions that you bring to the football field. And, you know, once you go through that one time in your career, is that something you got to leave that behind? There's nothing worse than showering by yourself. And that may sound funny, but at the end of the game, <laughs> right, you know, when you come in at halftime and you're in there by yourself and the shower's just hitting you and you're saying to yourself, wow, I'm going. It's, it's, it's a horrible feeling. And um, I'm sure nobody wants to taste it again. And that was really the message that I, that I gave to the team after the, the situation had happened. It was just that, you know, the younger guys and, and everybody in the room just take this lesson for everybody I'll take this one but we can't let it happen to another one of us again so that's a great message coming from a senior leader inside the locker room going look don't do this because this is not the way to go and I it probably it carries a lot of weight in there did you hang you. around after the uh did you wait till the game was over to yeah, did you, did yeah, you I couldn't leave. Out of, yeah. I couldn't leave my guys yeah. there. It was just, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you're getting pulled away. You're like, no, wait, I still got a little bit more. But, um, you know, you just have to, uh, you just have to take it on the chin and 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 be better next time. I really enjoyed what Vic Fangio today uh, talked about. He doesn't think it's proper to see his guys losing money, and uh, he doesn't think the Eddie Jackson hit, for example, last week is a finable offense. And I don't know if he is or, or if he will be. Uh, but he got flagged um, for his hit. And, you know, he says the same thing about you. So there are certain things that you want from your coaches and that kind of support 
and he did so very directly, which we know him to be. <laughs> uh, and I do, I do appreciate that aspect uh, of a coach looking out after his guys. There's never been a day on this team where I didn't feel like Vic Fangio was in my corner. You know, and, and that says something. That makes, as a player, that makes you want to play even harder for him because you know at the end of the day he wants the best for you. Um, and, and just a little tidbit about what you said about being one-fourth the salary. Now, we do get paid more, but they also find us a lot more now, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think, it's, I think it's unfair, too. I, I hate to see that what you players go through yeah. in the terms of them finding you. They, they took a fully loaded Nissan Altima from me. so uh, <laughs> You couldn't fit in it. But it well, I couldn't fit in it, but it'd be nice to now, have. Sometimes the fines are warranted, right? Sometimes they are in this league. I think there are yeah. some uh, egregious actions yeah. out there on the field. And but they got to be really egregious. They got to be something like, yeah. you know, trying to put a guy in the headlock and take his helmet off. But during, during the course of a, let's just take pass rush, for instance, right? Flo, Leonard Floyd came in on a pass rush and he beat his guy and he's going there and he touches yeah, the top yeah. of the guy's helmet. I think it was in Miami. You're supposed to rush his, with your hands uh, up. What do you do, right? And so at this point, it's just, uh, it, it gets kind of frustrating. But the, the, the thing is, you have to play within the, 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 the rules of the game. You don't have a choice. Have you ever lost any momentum? Because, you know, sometimes people are reluctant to hit the quarterbacks hard. Are you still playing initially with the same momentum you've always played with and then maybe control, depending upon how you're getting blocked, the flow of the play? The, it's this, now it's turned into one of the scariest feelings in the world to just have the quarterback, you know, dead in your sights. And you beat your guy and you come off your block and you're saying to yourself, oh, I'm going to tattoo him. And you get there and you're like, oh, man, i got to pull this off and maybe fall to the side a little bit so I don't catch a fine. But, you, you know, the early highlights of you throughout the season, it, the conclusion of your tackles <laughs> are really violent. Are. Whether you're throwing around Josh Rosen or um, Aaron Rodgers or it's a running back that you get behind the line of scrimmage it's got to be the intent to conclude them with emphasis I, I started playing football because you got to hit people right I, I enjoy running full speed and throwing my body into somebody else <laughs> I, I don't know if there's something wrong with me because of that but I'll say this it does take a little bit of like you said momentum off your your your, your play off the game and um, I'm sure the fans want to see us hit people hard right okay well, we talk about bringing back the monsters of the midway defense, that physicality, that intimidation that you want teams to know they're going to feel you as they leave Soldier Field, win, lose, or draw. And, uh, you know, that kind of flies in the face with it. I had a conversation with some folks today about how, how many years we've been calling games and do you feel the brutality of the game? And it, it was brought to my focus because of the injury to Kyle Long and what it sounded like over the parabolic mic. I just asked that the mic be turned away because he was screaming. I mean, it, he was in a lot of pain. And so, yeah, you have to respect. I, I think there's a respect level there. But that doesn't mean I don't love hard hits. Right, right. I love the physicality of the game as a fan, as an announcer. And the game is still rough, right? This is week eight, and I know I was late coming in here because I was trying to get in the hot tub, loosen up my back. But um, it's just the game is still rough, right? The game is still hard hitting. But, um, you know, there's, there's an aspect that's been taken away, and we'll see how the rules play out. Would you have been fined by any chance last year in New Orleans when your engine was running hot because it was the Saints for a lot of different reasons and you, you ragdolled Drew Brees down to the ground and you got to him? And Listen, would you, you think that would have been a flag last year? I will buy five new fully loaded Altimas if I can hit Drew Brees again. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. So I would have taken the fine happily last year. But. Well, that, that would be this year in the playoffs when you get the chance. So. Hey, Bring it. Yes. Listen, I mean, you from the time, you, you know, you, in good times and bad, you're a believer. You're a believer in your guys. Whether they're winning or not, you're a believer in your guys. But there are certain times when I can just see it on your face when, not that you never meant it before, you do mean what you say, but you really have a lot 
a love for this group of guys, not just the defensive players, but the locker room. Um, when did that kick in for you for this edition of Bears? When did you know it? Because I think there's a lot of guys that know it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's something special about an NFL locker room. You can attest to this just in general, and you've seen it a million times yourself. Um, there's something special about an NFL locker room and being around your boys all day and working together and, and grinding together and winning games, sometimes losing games. You, you have that brotherhood established. And just being here for my third year with the Bears and having the same guys around me for the most part, it's, uh, we just get closer and closer. For instance, tonight we're having dinner at my house, right? My girlfriend's cooking lasagna, and we're going to sit there, and we're going to tear it apart and talk some <laughs> trash. And It's just that, that, that fellowship. It just, it just means so much. And when you step on the field and, and there's a play and, and you want to make a play for your boy, make a play for your guy, and just have fun together, man. You know, it's cool about this defense is you're being complimented by the development of this offense, and you could see this months ago when you guys are on one side of the ball and your, your defense is getting better. Then you see what this offense is doing, what their capabilities are. So that's got to be even more fun for the defense to be great because what this offense is going to provide. It's awesome. We actually get a break this year. We get to come off the field for a couple plays. <laughs> um, our offense is just firing on all cylinders. It's something that Nagy has brought here. Just, you know, there's an there's a element of just swagger and, and, and excitement behind our offense because you never know who's going to get the ball. You never know how this play is going to happen. I remember we – was it the first play in Green Bay they came out in the T formation? Yeah. Like, it's just – it's awesome, man. Our offense is rolling in as a defense. You just get behind that and, and, and keep them out of the end zone, and you can win a lot of games. What old school – jersey did you pick mike singletary you did i had to i got to meet mike singletary in new orleans in my third or fourth year and he was in the building and i happened to be passing by and i came in the d-line room and we just sat there and talked for like 40 minutes and i don't know if he remembers it but it meant a lot to me because it was somebody that i grew up you know what i'm saying like watching the nfl films and, and and seeing this guy and his intensity and how he played and I just have a lot of respect for that, and even more so after getting a chance to sit down just and speak with him. His actual size jersey probably wouldn't fit you without shoulder pads on. <laughs> no question. That he had shoulder pads underneath because no he's not a big guy, but, I mean, he is – I always say he's one of the most well-prepared, professionally dedicated athletes I've ever been around. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys uh, genuinely appreciate that? By the way, the the Legends uniform most presentation. You well, what was the buzz like? What was the buzz like? You should like? have seen those guys in their cheese and from ear to ear, just because they get you know it's it's like something from the past, and you get to pull that and you get to wear it, and it's just there was a feeling behind it. I think Nagy knew what he was doing. Well, you got to get these things signed and framed. Then that's a that's that's memory, right? Giving it a shot. Give it a shot. Akeem Hicks, our guest here on Bears All Access. Here until 7 o'clock tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Jeff Doniak, Tom Thayer. (laughs) No, you're doing it. Keep it going, man. You want to read the spot, too? The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lawrence Creed and cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. Watch anytime at ChicagoBears.com or on the Bears official app. Jeff and Tom here with Akeem Hicks. I mentioned Anthony Adams. i got to share one quick funny story. I think it's funny anyway. So we are on a Bears trip this summer to uh, Punta Cana. And at the end of the trip, there was a Q&A session with Akeem and some of the fellas. Uh, Adrian Amos was there, Marcus Cooper, and uh, who, who else was there? Fr- Charles Leno. Charles Leno, Charles Leno, yes. And then, uh, and, and so... I'm going through my questioning and all that, and all of a sudden I say, hey, you know, I don't know if you heard the news today, but uh, Anthony Adams was named the Bears' new defensive line coach. And you should have seen the look on Akeem's face. He's, like, looking around. 
is this real? And all the guys were talking, and I had them go. I had them. <laughs> you had, had them me. cold. So I'm asking, you know, comment on Anthony being your defensive line coach. And oh. he answered the question like you would expect him to answer it. <laughs> Why did you do that? Oh, I thought it was funny. It was funny, man. It was, it was very, good. very funny. And Anthony, Anthony, you know, I was on the trip too, so and Anthony played it up, obviously. So then all the wives and the girlfriends or and friends were asking Anthony's wife, "Is this? Is it? Congratulations!" <laughs> you know? Can you imagine? How do you take him seriously? There will be so much energy in that room. Yeah. I mean, there will be constant laughter. I'm sure we'd find our way onto his Instagram page, but uh, it would yeah. be awesome. Everybody yeah. enjoyed that, but Jay Rogers is the <laughs> He's the only one that didn't get a kick out of that. <laughs> true that. You start one giveaway true that. job. Give away your own job. No, that's, Anthony Adams that's a, doing play-by-play play now. That's, for the a, that's a fair point, big time. Uh, so... Uh, we, we talked a lot about uh, the defense uh, and about the, the chemistry of this football team, but we have yet to talk about the man that's stirring the pot, and that's the head coach, Matt Nagy. Just mm-hmm. uh, what he's doing, the buttons he's pushing, uh, the energy with which he comes to work every day, what he's like on the sideline. We got a little snippet of it. Fans did of what his sideline demeanor is. I don't know if you caught it. He was mic'd up during the game mm-hmm. against the Jets, so he, he's fiery, and he's instructive, and he's motivational. <laughs> And he had a great moment with Mitch Trubisky saying, hey, I, I want greatness out of you here in the second half. And yes, sir. And went out and had a, a much better second half. I mean, for a young guy at 40 years of age in his first NFL head coaching job, uh, do you feel he's pressing a lot of the right buttons that a veteran coach might even do? No question. No question. Um, you know, it was my first time having a transition like that as far as, you know, uh, having a new head coach, right, in, in the middle of, you know, what my contract. And um, I, I – I wasn't scared, but I didn't know how I would be perceived or how I would perceive him. Um, When he got here, I I think that he instantly showed everybody in the room that he was prepared to be a head coach. And he's shown that week in and week out. Now, everybody makes mistakes, and when he makes a mistake, he calls on himself, and he says he owns it in front of the team. And there's something, there's a character that that, that goes with, and, you know, as a player, you have to respect it. And um, I I just think that he's done a great job of of creating this locker room, creating this team, and and having us in the right places to, to be successful. You know, Ryan Pace has done a nice job of bringing in high character guys both of offensive free agents and then they went out and drafted Roquan Smith tell us a little bit about his development because what we see from above is is impressive mm-hmm. he can run he's a great athlete he's intelligent he's dedicated he's got a guy like Danny Trevathan to learn from mm-hmm. but in the huddle what do you see the differences from when he got here after his contract situation to where he is now he reminds me of a lot uh, a lot of Bilal Nichols. He's just, he's receptive. He wants the information. He wants to be a good football player. And when you have a guy that's self-motivated, he can go so much further than somebody that you have to push every step of the way. And I think that he showed that when he first got here, and he's shown that every week to this point. You know, uh, Tom had, in their day, they had to watch tape as a team after games, win, lose, or whatever. Uh, And I don't know that that's always been the case here. Uh, uh, But if it hasn't, do you like it that way? Uh, I think that you have to have a good mixture of the bo- of both of them. I-, I think that you know when you separate and you get a chance to watch it with just your defense and just offense, that's great. But also when you come back in from a hard week and and you get a chance as a team to sit here and watch, you know, Trey Burton have five catches for a hundred yards, and you get to watch Tariq Cohen go crazy. It's just awesome to see that side of the ball, you know, in depth and and watch their good plays, their bad plays too, right for both sides. But to just watch your teammates be successful against other defenses. 
it's it's it's, it's awesome and it's and it's a great benefit for us to watch. Do you as watch a team it sometimes? Just as a second, just as defensive line. Because, it, you know, things change for us. So like, we watch it as an offense. You know, coaches could be a little bit softer on you just because you're with all your peers. But when you get in that closed room where you only got the eight guys or the ten offensive linemen, the evaluation and the, the strictness of what's being said to you it is amped up a little bit. Is that the same? I think that, um, you know, with, with Coach Nagy, we get such um, a mixture of the both, like I said previously, is that, we, you know, we get to see – those plays together, I, and there's no softness in in in, in Coach Nagy. He's, he he lets you know how it is, straightforward. He's he's um he. That's good though. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Let's leave it at that. You've had a lot of you've had a lot of different types of coaches already in your career with three stops, uh, from the legendary Bill Belichick to Sean Payton, uh, also an outstanding coach, to uh, being here with John Fox and now being here with with uh, Matt Nagy. Um, You've got to learn something from everybody that has infiltrated infiltrated the way you play the game in any way or learn the game. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. I, I try to take something from everybody that I come in contact with, especially when it comes to football. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, I had certain lessons when I was in New Orleans, certain lessons when I was in New England. And, uh, you know, then coming here and having Coach Fox, you know, a coach that's been coaching the league for 30 years and just seeing everything and anything, you know, from both sides of the ball, it, um, it, it, it's been a great ride for me. And uh, I've got to, uh, to learn under some of the best coaches in the league. I thought it was great that Coach Nagy, when he did get hired as a head coach, that he was mature enough to keep Vic Fangio here. Because a lot of guys, that, you know, they you don't want to be in the same age group, but it's a lot of respect that Matt has for Vic to be able to continue the process that he started with you guys a couple of years ago. I think that he knew that it was necessary for, for us to have, you know, that continuity on that side of the ball because we had played good football over the past couple of years. Um, did we have the results in the games that we wanted? No. But did we play good, hard football being coached by Vic Fangio? We sure did. All right, you know, we, we talked about Bilal Nichols, and before the season you were also very high, and so was Tom. Any, anybody in the 90s on, on the team, he wanted, he thought it was important that the 90s the become. Number, the number 90s, yeah, okay. all you yeah, guys. That you guys would be really thought, significantly improving, uh, you know, these young guys, Bullard I'm talking about, and Roy Robertson Harris, and um, Eddie Goldman, and that would be one of the major keys for the season. Do you see all of that happening? I most definitely do. I was so happy when they, you know, extended Eddie, just to know that I'll have a guy next to me for the next few years that is going to dominate centers across the league. <laughs> it's, uh, it's phenomenal. All right, well, let's uh, take a break. we got one more segment to go with Akeem Hicks, the Bears defensive lineman. I mean, he's already, I'm telling you, he's got Pro Bowl written all over him this year. There's no question all, about it. All pro. All pro, you name it. Things are looking good for the Bears. We'll have more coming up on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. And we got to thank Akeem Hicks for joining us tonight here on Bears All Access. Ruth's Chris would like to have you accept this $100 oh. gift certificate. To enjoy one of their Chicagoland area steakhouses and not because you were unfortunately fined. You know, this <laughs> right. is just their very good generosity, but uh, you can't beat the steak, obviously. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ruth Chris. Ruth Chris, yeah. <laughs> so enjoy, enjoy. Have a awesome. good time and enjoy on Bears All Access here. A few more minutes with Akeem Hicks. Uh, so it's off to Buffalo. Uh, without having looked at your playing career, obviously you played in the AFC, so I don't know 
if that was in time enough to go to Buffalo. But mm. have you been to Buffalo? Have you played in Buffalo? Because I don't know that you have. I don't think that I have. All these years start running together. After yeah. a while, you know. But um, I don't think that I've been to Buffalo yet. The stadiums I haven't been to are Buffalo, uh, the Redskins, and San Diego. Oh, okay. Well, you won't be well, going to yeah. San Diego, unfortunately. Maybe. That's, if you uh, play four more years, you might be going <laughs> <out there. laughs> Maybe. Maybe. But uh, it is an experience. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's a small town, obviously, but it's a, it's a football town. So Matt Nagy has uh, preached from the moment he started the coaches' show on Monday night. Uh, man, he's serious. These, these fans are, are into it. It's going to be loud. It's going to be uh, a blue-collar atmosphere from the Buffalo Bills. Is that, in fact, what he's been hammering in your heads as well as a oh, football team? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. He, is, um, he said it's a small-town feel, kind of like going into Green Bay. And, um, you know, you just, you're going through the neighborhoods and you just come up on the stadium. And so I'm excited to see it. And I even heard, actually, today, I think it was somebody in the media said that they jumped through tables. They do a lot of wacky stuff. They do these backflops. You know what was weird for me and during my career is this is going to be your first four-quarter game on AstroTurf. I, all the other games so far that you have played has been on natural surface, even in Arizona. For me, it was weird playing my first regular season game on turf because I really like natural grass a lot more. Are you a natural grass guy? Do you feel faster on turf? Because it affected some guys differently that I played with that they felt swifter on, on AstroTurf. You know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the wide receivers and the DBs, they all rave about playing on fast grass and right. stuff like that. For defensive linemen and offensive linemen, we just want to be able to get our cleats in right. the ground and hit right. somebody in the mouth. So um, I, I love natural grass. Um, and you get a little bit more dig, you right. know, when you're taking on those double teams. You get a dig in the ground, and, you know, it's just uh, it's a different feel. And that's how we grew up playing, right, on regular grass. Right. So. But, you know, not having the opportunity since the preseason and only playing none or a couple snaps. It's different when you have now what is seventh, eighth game of the year, mm-hmm. and this is your first turf game. It, it is different. So uh, with the Bills, you know, I, I, I guess maybe I'm being naive. I don't know, but. This Bears team is a young, hungry bunch. Uh, there's a few veterans like yourself, obviously, that are knocking on 30's door. I don't know that you hit that yet, right? Wait a second. Tom, <laughs> help me out. But anyway, uh, the point is that I don't think this team is capable of overlooking an opponent because, honestly, there's still a ways to go for you guys. You guys know that, too. You guys have still a lot to prove to yourselves, let alone to fans and, and everybody in this building. So when I see a two-and-whatever football team that has problems at quarterback, yeah, I get it, but um, they've already beaten the Minnesota Vikings. They've already beaten Tennessee when they were in first place. So they are capable, despite what we perceive as their limitations. Is that how you approach this? Nagy has a, um, an analogy is um, talking about teams that, you know, um, have been beaten a couple times and, and aren't in a good place. He calls them a wounded dog, right? And when you get a wounded dog in the corner, what are they going to do if you walk up on them? They're going to try to bite you, right? And so I think our mentality going into this game is to not give them a chance to bite us and, and just come out there and play the best football we know how to play. And like you said, we have a lot to prove. We have a lot to prove to ourselves. We, we lost two tough games in the past couple of weeks and um you know one in miami where their bench was shaded but we won't talk <laughs> about that and um and then against new england where it was a hard fought game but we gave up two special teams touchdowns i think that you know for this team we really feel like we have you said it a lot to prove to ourselves and to our fans well you're just going to play your system that's the thing that matt nagy's been preaching every week is offensively speaking it's not necessarily who you're playing, it's how your offense is going to improve the next week, and it's got to be the same for the defense because 
with the pieces you have in place, the interchangeable parts, the guys moving around, it's the same process as making sure you play good defensive system football against the opponent you're playing against. And this is the message that I drive home to our guys on the defense is that it's about us. You know, any team could step out there and, and do what they want to do, but it's about us at the end of the day. How are we playing our blocks? How are we getting to the ball? How are we taking away the ball? You know, um, how we perform is going to dictate this game. Are you as loud as you've ever been in the locker room now? Meaning, you have a you have a bigger voice. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you and are you embracing that? Yeah. I, I, how do you do it? I definitely am. Um, you know, there's a uh, there's a uh, a small amount of wisdom that comes with you know playing in the NFL for seven years and and playing thousands upon thousands of snaps. You um you just you you've seen it before. You've seen a lot of things before that guys haven't seen. And you know it's 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 really um, it's very humbling to have guys come to you and look for guidance in certain situations. So I'm definitely embracing my role and. Um, just trying to perform like everybody else. Do you dance? When the disco ball goes up and it starts <laughs> Do spinning, I dance? you dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got to celebrate your wins, right. man. I'm giving it all I got. I get more tired sometimes in the locker room than I do just, in the game. Just the little bit of the footage we see. I mean, it's, it's a group. It's a, it's, a great, it's a great atmosphere, and it yeah. is fun just not having been a part of that. Mm-hmm. You know, being a big guy back in the day, I would have been in the background <laughs> not dancing. It's, it's new to me. It's new to me to have right. that type of celebration in the locker room after, but I can see the benefits. You know, when you go out there and you lay it all out on the field for four quarters and you come in there victorious and your guys are there and you, the energy is good, turn the music on, the lights start flashing, I can't help myself. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to see the video, and I can't wait for you to experience it when you have what you would call a signature win for the season that mm. kind of is a benchmark moment for the team that, to go take themselves to the next level. Mm. That's when it'll really, like, you'll be looking forward to getting in there for oh, sure. Most definitely. Once we, uh, you know, the team that plays the best ball in December gets that opportunity, you, you know? know? So uh, we got to go for I it. Believe, I, yeah, I, I, I do believe, I, I hear it all the time, you know, if you, li- if you love the game, you listen to some of the stars of the game that have uh, experienced great success, and Tom Brady always talks about it. it really doesn't get started until around Thanksgiving. And I went back last week, and I went back and looked at Matt Nagy's experience in Philadelphia and Kansas City after about November 20th. And in almost every case, the records were 5-2, and 7-1, and 6-3, and three, uh, eight-game winning streak here, a five-game winning streak here, because that's really when it gets serious. Uh, Tom and I laughed about it the other day. The season hasn't even started yet. <laughs> you gotta be in you gotta be in the conversation. You can't be like Oakland and San Francisco tonight. Exactly. But you, so you 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 punch your way through the, the tough spots and you t- try to round into shape at some point and become a team with a certain identity, which I don't even know if you know your identity yet. Mm-hmm. Honestly, do you? As a team? As Probably a team, still being chiseled as a team, out. We're, we're chiseling things out, but as a defense, because I can only speak to defense because that's where I put my work in at. Um, as a defense, our, I think that we are very established as far as what we want and the culture that we have in this building. We are coming out to hit you. We're coming out to hit you, and we want you to feel every piece of it. It's nice to see that everybody's a part of that because you, you look at a guy like Bryce Pan and the opportunities he's given, whether he's running through bodies and making a hit at the line of scrimmage or – it seems like everybody's all in, and that's that's the neat thing to see is everybody is kind of fulfill their agreement with the guys in the locker room by showing we're going to do what's asked of us. It's 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 an awesome thing to see to watch this because it didn't just start this year, right? Man. It, it's been growing in our locker room, right? In our defensive that's a room. Good point. You know what I mean? It's um it's something that we've gotten to. Like we work to get to this point to where when teams come to play us, they're like, oh man, dude, they're going to hit us in the mouth. Um, we we love that feeling, and we want to continue that for. Who are you tightest with? Um, on the team right now 
Oh man, I've had a lot of guys that I uh, I really liked leave. Jarrell Freeman left, uh, Willie Young left, Pernell McPhee left. My guy right now. All your now, vets. All my vets. Yeah, right? you're the guy but, now. But yeah, you're the guy. Who hangs out with a king? <laughs> you guys talk about how old I am one more time. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's the experience part of it because when you you talk about those guys, they have a yeah. great deal of experience in their NFL lifetimes. Yeah. What I'll say is my guy on the locker room right now is a Danny Trevathan. Man, he just he just has my back. I got his back, man, and and it's a great relationship to have right, with your yeah, middle linebacker yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we just look out for each other on and off the field it's, it's a great relationship. love how he plays love his emotion and energy and his uh, want to each and every Sunday all right we look forward to watching you against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday thank you for taking the time and joining us tonight thank you for Akeem Hicks me. everybody Bears defensive lineman here on Bears all access uh, thanks as always to Jordan Treadup. thanks to Paul Zeranger engineer and Adam Straczynski in our score studios for Akeem and Tom Thayer I'm Jeff Joniak have a good night everybody Bears-Bills Sunday, 9 a.m. pregame and a noon kickoff on WBBM. Good night. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, Athletico Physical Therapy, and Ford.